Hey, thank you to Helix for sponsoring this podcast. Adam has had his Helix mattress for almost a year now, and he's loving it. It's it's actually hard to get him up. In fact, he won't stop talking about it. You'll understand what we mean when he goes into detail. Thank you for the detail, Adam, later on the episode. But for now, we want to tell our listeners about a special deal going on. Our Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and... As if that's not enough, two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet, and I'll bet it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. (sighs) All right. Is everybody ready to start? Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell rock. Jingle bell time and jingle bell. What? I'm going to let you keep going, Bonnie, because I think you don't know any of the words past that. <laughs> I don't. No, it's Jingle Bell what? That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done. All right. Clear the floor, everybody. We got a show to do. Merry Christmas. <laughs> what the fuck? Scarpins out of here. From our houses in Los Angeles, California, it's Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, your comedy field guide to life. Tonight, the holidays are upon us, which brings up the annual question, can you make entertainment choices that are better for you than your food choices? Let's face it, both are going to be treacly and full of empty calories, and you're going to pay for it in a new year with a steady diet of carrot sticks and climate change documentaries. But how bad does it have to get? We'll find out on tonight's movie review special, where Paula and I dip into the new Netflix Christmas rom-com, Love Hard. How bad could it be? Oh, you'll find out. I'm Adam Felber, the devoted best friend who helps the heroine woo her dream guy, all the while pining away for her in the hopes that one day she'll turn around and say, It's you. It's always been you, Adam. You've been there all along. In fact, you're on every show. And now, please welcome the manic pixie dream girl whose wacky impulsive antics make her a danger to herself and others. But hey, she might just teach us all how to love again. It's Paula Poundstone. Hey guys! And before I say another word, I want to say thanks to tonight's house band, returning champ and nobody, Kevin Kelso on the piano. Kevin, thank you for joining us for this holiday edition of our show. You're the you're the perfect house band. He really is. You might remember, he's written us a couple of great songs for the show, too. He has. You know what? That reminds me. I have a lot of hotel soaps. Uh, One of the things about being back on the road is that uh, it's given me access to hotel soaps again. That's right. You're not out of prizes yet. Yeah, we got to come up with some reason why our listeners could win those hotel soaps. You know, for a while, they they could win a hotel soap by submitting a theme song for the show. Right. But uh, that would mean that we'd have to keep giving Bonnie Burns hotel soaps because she, (laughs) I mean, this last year, she has been a a goddamn jukebox of theme songs, my gosh. Very similar theme songs. Oh, well, yeah, she's got a style. I mean, you recognize the style. 
when you, you, you know, you can. You, was, some would say you recognize the melody and the lyrics every week, too. To some uh, yeah, I mean, you can hear about two notes and know it's a Burns work. It's a Burns piece. It's a, it's a, it's a crinkle jingle. Somebody wrote to me uh, via email and said that they had gone to my show in Long Beach and that they were very excited because they were in the same row as Bonnie Burns. Like, come on. That's what they said. Yes. Get out. Why, buddy, what what were you doing? Was I like on and you were turning to people around you going, I've managed her. I manage her. I've managed her for like 27 years. That's how she knew. Yep. That's how she knew. She was trying to listen and somebody was crinkling stuff near her. That's what it was. It's Captain Crinkle. I'll tell the truth. What? I did have a little fantasy sitting there. You in had the a fantasy? That Ew. you might start making fun of me, and then you'd go, and she's Captain Crinkle on the podcast, and then I'd stand up and, you know, people, <laughs> yay! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, boy, you're not coming to any more shows, I'll tell you that. Uh, she might just egg it along a little bit by standing yeah. up before she's been, you know. I don't think I don't think you'll have to say. You, you know, sometimes when someone's asked to stand up in the crowd, they go, oh, come on. Come, everybody, you want to hear from her. Don't, come on, stand up. With Bonnie Burns, you go, like, before you can even get the word stand out, she'd have yeah. shot up from her seat. I just want to say, I just, you know, could I get a little, could we, could we lower the lights a little bit and can I get some music behind me? I just want to say. <laughs> I've had somebody recognize my voice and then go, are you Captain Crinkle? Yeah, I don't think it's your voice they're going to recognize. It's the constant, you, you know, she was probably mixing a drink of some sort right there in the chair. She brought like an ice crusher with her. And they knew. Hey, as long as we're talking to Crinkle, let me throw out our little roundtable question tonight. Because, you know, Paula, you and I are, we're reviewing a romantic comedy of sorts tonight. It's a holiday film, Adam. It's a holiday film on our holiday spectacular. You know, I, I think when people are making films, I, I, I think, and it's the same thing with music. Like, if you're the person that makes the successful Christmas movies that people watch as part of their own family tradition. So there's these people just trying desperately, you know, to crack that nut. Right. So it's worth putting out a hundred shitty movies if you can possibly get one, you know, that everybody goes, you know, oh, it's part of our Christmas tradition. And let me tell you. Yeah. We found one. Well, I don't want to give it away whether it's going to be a part of your <laughs> uh, Christmas tradition or not. But uh, but it's a it's a Christmas romantic comedy. And I thought to get us in the mood, uh, we could ask everybody what their favorite romantic comedies are. And then we could later find out if this new one, Love Hard, has taken that one's place. Yeah. Tony Anita Holland, Sherman Oaks, Merry Christmas. <laughs> and what's your favorite rom-com? When Harry Met Sally by Nora Ephron. Oh, Ooh. that's a good one. It's that a, is a good one. It's a great movie, and I love it. I watch it every New Year's Eve. Sad but true. That's No, it's not sad at all. That made and broke the mold for all romantic comedies. Yes. That is the, the standard bearer. Yeah, it's a good one. Rob Reiner directed that one, right? That's right, because Estelle Reiner is in it. Isn't she all have what she's having? Yes. She's in the diner scene. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, yeah, she is. Yeah. Yep. Oh, I wish we'd watch that one this year, Paula. 
Yeah, but it's not a Christmas one. No, but I just said romantic comedy. Oh, you're within the year. I thought you meant this for this episode. Because this episode, you know, this, Adam, is our very special holiday episode. I don't know if you can see my Christmas lights from where you are. Barely. It's a very special holiday episode. <laughs> it is. It's a special holiday episode. We have a holiday romantic comedy. And there are holiday romantic comedies. Maybe Bonnie's going to name one as her favorite. I'm sure she is. Bonnie Burns, okay. what's your favorite rom-com? I absolutely hate romantic movies. Uh-huh. And I had to really try hard to think of something. So I could say Urban Cowboy, which is not really what? all that romantic. But, okay, there's one. Was it? Is that is that Deborah Winger and John Travolta? Yeah. Oh, well, that's not the. Is it John Travolta? Oh, I forgot that part. Okay, take that away. How can you forget the male star of a rom com <laughs> that's your favorite? Because the one that I remember is that guy she hooks up with later who slaps her. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to go for Breakfast at Tiffany's. Mm. Mm. That's a great movie. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was great. It's a weird movie, really. Well, it kind of is, but in its day, I loved her um, freedom. I don't know if you remember, but she had a bathtub cut in half. That was her couch. And her clothes were fantastic. And the first time I ever saw that movie, I just, I was like, oh, a free thinker who's getting away with it. And then I'd never seen fashion like that. So it really Yeah, and then Buddy Epson shows up. That was a weird (laughs) twist. (laughs) Well, it's a little outside the box, but we'll take it, Bonnie. I mean, that's great. That's the best I can do. Oh, it's very good. (laughs) Um, Paula, what about you? Your favorite rom-com? All right, I'm going to say Bridge Over River Kwai. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, I, I want to unpack that a little bit. I, 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 I love it. Yeah, but is it really a romantic comedy? Well, you, you have to read between the lines. You? Um, <laughs> there's, you know, there's a lot of, and this is important uh, in, in, in acting in general and in storytelling in general. You know, there's a life that goes on for the characters off the screen. Yeah. Um, and you have to be able to you have to be able to feel that and know that, right? As well as what you're seeing in front of you. And so I would argue that when Alec Guinness is in the box, he meets someone in there. And at first they don't get along at all. At first he's like, What are you doing in here? And she's like, What are you doing in here? And then over time they find that they love each other. Uh, it's a beautiful, uh, and again, it's off screen. You don't see it, but I, yeah. Yeah. Not a lot of romantic comedy fans on this show, I can see. <laughs> That's, you know, I, I just think inferring a romantic comedy from Bridge Over the River Kwai is that, that's a, that's almost a bridge too far for me, Paula. <laughs> <laughs> it's a beautiful romantic comedy film. Beautiful. Mine's a little more off the beaten track, but a, but closer to being a romantic comedy than than Bridge Over the River Kwai, I would say, or Urban Cowboy, uh, which is uh, <laughs> I love Strictly Ballroom. Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I, I don't think that. I, Strictly Ballroom was maybe the the first feature I'm aware of from Baz Luhrmann, the guy who eventually made Moulin Rouge, and it's a it's a beautiful story filled with dance and romance, and it's very funny, uh, a lot of great characters. I recommend it to everybody. I think I have it, but I don't think I've seen it. Oh, wow. I have a lot of videotapes that still have the, the cellophane on them. Well, maybe uh, unwrap that videotape because I recommend Strictly Ballroom to just about anybody. 
I wait till I have a whole night to just watch a movie. That happens like about every five years. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, honestly, I don't think I've seen that many um, rom-coms unless you count uh, 12 Angry Men. Well, <laughs> that I don't. You've probably seen some of the 80s rom-coms. I'm sure you saw Splash. I hate Splash. I, you know, uh, I hate Splash. It's just, I, I, I'm not a, you know, Daryl Hannah bothers me. Oh, so you probably saw her Roxanne and hated her in that too. I hated Roxanne. I hated, <laughs> I, I hated the, the I, yeah, I hated Roxanne. Uh, yeah. What else could wow. I hate her in? You know, those are the only two movies I'm aware of uh, with Daryl Hannah in them. And they were both oh. massive romantic comedy hits. Yeah. Wait, she was in the Iger Sanction. I hated her in the Iger Sanction. Why do you hate Daryl Hannah so much? I don't know. She just bothers me. Maybe you saw Groundhog Day. That's a rom-com. That's really good. No, I didn't see. I never saw Groundhog Day. Oh, that one. That one's up. That one's really up on my favorites. I haven't seen it over and over again. <laughs> so at least you know what it's about. All right. Yeah. Well, you know, we're going to leave those behind. Adam. Adam. What? What? Adam. <laughs> Answer what? the phone. I don't want to. <laughs> it's the holidays. I should be allowed to not answer the phone. Adam, answer the phone, for God's sakes. Can, can, I, can I just pretend I did? To answer the phone. Hello? On the first day of Christmas, <laughs> my true love gave to me a <laughs> podcast that I love, except for Paula Poundstone, who I hate. Oh, hi, Winnie. On the second day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a phone number where I can call him when I'm feeling blue at a podcast that I love, except for Paula Poundstone, who I hate. Oh, boy. On the third day of Christmas, <laughs> my true love gave to me a rose, which is his favorite flower, a phone number where I can call when I'm feeling blue. And a podcast that I love, except for Paula Poundstone, who I hate. <laughs> On the fourth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a crock pot. Well, he didn't really give it to me. It was my mother's, and he broke it. And he hasn't even returned it yet. My mother's very upset. A rose, which is his favorite flower. A phone number where I can call when I'm feeling blue. And a podcast that I love, except for Paula Poundstone, who I hate. Winnie, Winnie. Can, I'm can caroling. I'm caroling right now. Would you just drink some fucking wassail or something and stop interrupting? On the fifth. Winnie. What? You're crying while you're caroling, and I just think that, ironically, the holidays could be a depressing time for some people, and maybe... We want to lift up our listeners instead of depressing them and, and, and making them oh, feel... Oh, oh, am I depressing your, your, your precious listeners? Maybe you just don't understand the Christmas story. Maybe you just don't know what it's like to deliver a baby. It's not all ribbon candy and happy Whoville, you know. The conception was immaculate, but the birth wasn't. Ew, and I just think that... Uh, Mary had to push... Mary had to push and breathe, and Joseph had to time the contractions. He didn't even have a watch. He had to time the contractions with a sundial, and it was night, and they were in a barn. Maybe you assumed there was room for them at the end. Well, there wasn't. 
Mary was pushing on the floor. She was pushing on the floor of the barn in the hay. She probably got straw in her hooch. You don't have any idea what it would be like to have straw in your hooch. I've had... Oh, Jesus. You're going to tell me you've had straw in your hooch? Well, no, not as such. But, and, there um, was, and there was straw all over the baby Jesus. He was all moist with placenta, and the straw uh, stuck to him. Uh, uh, for the first few minutes, they thought he was a golden retriever puppy, and they freaked out. So forgive me if I depress your listeners. Merry fucking Christmas. <laughs> Winnie? Winnie? Oh, jeez, I think she got cut off, Paula. <laughs> I think she just hung up on you. <laughs> wow, I, I really don't feel like I did anything to earn that. You know, it's a sensitive time, the holidays. The holidays can be rough for everybody, and, you know, Winnie was never completely tightly wrapped, as it were. All right, well, you know what, everybody? Coming up, Alfred Lord Tennyson wrote, "'Tis better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all.'" And then he saw Love Hard, and he said, "'You know what? Never mind.'" Our review is next <laughs> on Nobody Listens to Fall of Foundstone. Hey, Paula. You know, every once in a while, we get a new advertiser that I get super excited about. And I have to say, just because of the circumstances of my life right now, I'm really excited about our new advertiser, Quince of Quince.com, the clothing provider. Not to be mistaken for Quince from Midsummer Night's Dream. And let me just say this, and maybe it's not important to an advertisement, but when I was in the fourth grade, our class put on a production of a midsummer night's dream okay and i played i played peter quince there there's the connection one of the mechanicals that's a great connection also yes has nothing to do with this which is that um quince is an online clothing store and as you know paula i've uh, i've lost a little weight lately oh right 75 pounds yeah so i literally have no clothes that are in my size until i just ordered some stuff at quince and i figured like here's a chance for me to create a new look for myself a whole new image. And how's it going? Not bad. I mean, the clothes are fantastic. I know that you ordered some too. What I got is I got yes. the Comfort Stretch Traveler five pocket pants. And I got oh. the, um, oh, it's so, and I got the 100% European linen shirt and it looks breezy and it fits beautifully. And these are like premium pieces of clothing that are selling for like, you know, $30 a piece or starting at $30 at quince.com. It's awesome. I look good. I ordered the brushed lounge jogger Ooh. and you know i put them on when i came back from new york i pulled them on and i i swear to you okay this is not scientific because i was tired already right but they were so soft <laughs> and, and so comfortable that honestly like right as i got them up to my waist i i, I think my eyes closed they're so it's a softness it's a kind of softness that I don't think I've ever experienced in a garment, honestly. You know, my uh, drawstring European linen trousers are a little bit like that, too. Like, so comfortable that I just want to hang out with myself. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're European. Keep that in mind. They're oh, European. they are so European. And you can get those kinds. You can get washable silk tops. You can get uh, 14 karat gold jewelry and like all these accessories. Quince sells a lineup of timeless pieces that keep their customers looking effortlessly chic year after year. I'm not certain that I look chic, but certainly if I did, it's not going to take a lot of effort. I now look chic and I feel pretty great. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabric. It's all good as far as I can see. Is it my imagination or do they cut out the middleman? 
They cut out the middleman, Paula Poundstone. I love it when they cut out the middleman. That's the thing. They cut out the middleman. <laughs> That's fantastic. So be like me and Paula. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash nobody for free shipping on your order and a 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash nobody to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash nobody. And honestly, I look fantastic. Paula, you won't be able to keep your hands off me. Oh, I can't wait. And don't <laughs> think that if you had to return something, don't think you're sending it to a middleman because they cut out the middleman. They man. cut out the middleman. That's quince.com slash nobody. And if you're going to do it anyway, use our code. Hey, Paula, it's been almost a year now since I got my Helix mattress. And as you remember, there was some drama surrounding Helix mattresses. Because oh, when oh my Helix gosh. first sponsored us, Bonnie took the mattress and yeah. she's been loving it. But finally, I got my chance to get a Helix mattress and I sleep so well. I mean, the family bed is where we all gather. We watch movies in, in our room occasionally and everybody just piles on it and it it's comfy. And yet when one person hops on, the other half of the mattress doesn't fly up. I'm a fan. Well, you know, Adam, everybody is unique and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. Models with memory foam layers to provide optimal pressure relief if you sleep on your side. Models with a more responsive foam to cradle your body for essential support in stomach and back sleeping positions plus enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating at night. And if your spine needs some extra TLC, they got you. Every Helix mattress has a hybrid design combining individually wrapped steel coils in the base with premium foam layers on top. It is the perfect combination of comfort and support. I agree with that last bit. I don't get all the technical stuff about the mattress, but it is soft and supportive. Helix offers 20 unique mattresses, the award-winning Lux, which I got, and ultra-premium Elite Collections, the Helix Plus, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and the Helix Kids mattress designed for growing bodies and endorsed by child sleep experts, and my daughter now wants one. So, how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You go to their website, take the Helix Sleep Quiz, and you find your perfect mattress batch in under two minutes. You know, when you said you can't follow all the technical stuff, it's really not that technical. You know, uh, no matter what way you sleep, they have a mattress that will support and comfort you. How hard is that? Uh, you know, when you say it that way, it seems a lot simpler. I take it back. That's my boner. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door, free of charge. And Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10- to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Well, I like that there's a warranty, but they can pry that mattress from my cold, dead hands. I took the sleep quiz. I was matched with the Helix Midnight Lux. I got the Lux. And I love it. It is such an upgrade from my old mattress. You know, I think Bonnie got the Midnight Lux. She did. Too. Yeah. You're not here. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to take Adam's word for it? Well, you got Bonnie's word. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Your Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. 
That's a lot, and it's already not that expensive a mattress. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet. It's fantastic. It won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Well, not right now. And if you're going to get it anyway, use our code. On this day in unremarkable history, William Henry Harrison said... Am I talking too much? Thank you, house band Kevin Kelso. Kevin, it's just great to have you here with us for the holidays. Well, thank you, Adam. (laughs) You're not Kevin, and I know it. Um, Paula, let's give a little backstory here. Bonnie Burns thought that rather than reviewing classic movies like we tend to do, that it might be a good idea to review something that's out right now. Yeah. Something that our listeners could, could, could enjoy with us. And so what we did is we decided to review the brand new Netflix Christmas romantic comedy, Love Hard. Okay, wait. I have a theme song. It sounds like a porn movie. Oh, wait. Bonnie, you said you have a theme song? Yeah, I might have just forgot it. Okay. Movie review, a popcorn or two. It's our movie review. Wow, that was, yeah. What was a different melody? (laughs) Definitely. Oh, it was fantastic. It it was Winnie the Pooh, Bonnie. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. Yeah, it was, it was really fun. Are you just realizing that while I'm pointing it out, Bonnie? No, I didn't realize it. Again, it just came to my head. No forethought. It was wow. inspiration. So that it ended up being inspiration of Winnie the Pooh is not the best. You, you, do, you do steal from the best. Now, you don't forget Sondheim wrote our uh, book club theme song. Um, in any case, uh, we're talking about Love Hard, um, uh, starring Nina Dobrev, I guess that's how you pronounce her name, and Jimmy O. Yang. You want me to just do the summary, Paula, so we can catch everybody oh, yeah, up? Yeah, go ahead. Do the summary, Adam. Okay, here we go. Here's the summary. I'm going to do it in my, uh, in my movie preview voice. Natalie is a sophisticated L.A. woman who writes a hilarious and successful column about her dating disasters. But when she finally meets Josh on a dating app, it looks like her luck may change. She flies to Lake Placid, New York at Christmas to surprise him, only to find... Josh isn't the chiseled white dude from his profile. He's a dorky Asian dude who lives in his parents' basement. She's been catfished. But Josh promises to hook her up with Tag, the guy from his profile pictures, in exchange for Natalie pretending to be Josh's girlfriend for the holidays. What happens next will be a total surprise to anyone who has never seen a movie or has suffered a recent traumatic brain injury. (laughs) Love Heart sounds like a porn film, and uh, I was in Hollywood earlier, and I saw that it was... uh, in a double feature at a triple X movie theater with Spank Me to Heaven. So that's um, <laughs> something that holiday viewers can can look forward to. Now, okay, one in your summary, um, there's, yeah. a, there's a character that's in the movie for a while and then it's just sort of dropped like a hot potato, which is when, um, when Natalie is in Los Angeles working, uh, she has a best friend who works with her um, that is the, the wisecracking best friend sidekick whose life we don't really care about that encourages the main character woman to go on dates. 
Yep. Uh, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and honestly, there should be a store in Hollywood that sells these characters to script writers, you, you, you know. Uh, yes. Hello, the wisecracking best friend sidekick. We don't really care about who encourages the main character woman to go on date store. May I help you? And uh, after about, what do you say, a third of the way through the film, she's just not there anymore. Well, she, she, she doesn't travel to Lake Placid and she talks to um, Natalie on the phone maybe once. She was, yeah, she talked to her on the phone. But next thing you know, she's just a dispensable character, like a red shirt in uh, Star Trek. You, you know, you're you're not wrong. Absolutely dispensable, and she is dispensed with early. <laughs> so in the beginning of the movie, the Natalie character, after they've established that, you know, she doesn't have a successful love life and that she mm-hmm. feels like everyone else does and she doesn't, and they show some, you know, sort of quick cuts of bad dates, and then, and then she goes on a dating app and she's, you know, she's looking and it's, you know, no, 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 no. And then she finds a guy that's really, she thinks is really good looking and she connects with him and they end up talking on the phone. Now, and they talk on the phone like a lot, like they yeah. spend, they spend um, time together over the phone where neither one is even really talking sometimes. Like at one point she falls asleep. Uh, it's nighttime. She falls yeah. asleep, and the guy is still on the phone when she wakes up in the morning. But they'll be walking around talking to one another on the phone. And, I, you know, you know it's a made-up Hollywood story when they're walking around talking on the phone, and there's no scenes where they go, what? Can you hear me? What? Are you there? Always have good reception. And one of the things you notice right away, there is a preponderance of glib retorts. Yes. Right. There's very little, mm-hmm. there's almost no dialogue that is rooted in anything or grounded in anything. It's all glib retorts. Yeah. And we learned that they both think that Die Hard is a Christmas movie and they both really like the movie Love Actually, which re- leads, I think, to the title because there's a little bit of Love Actually in the title and a little bit of Die Hard in the title. That's why it's called Love Hard. Oh, I thought it was because he had a. Um, no. Okay. No. Uh, wasn't that at all? Yeah. I wouldn't have put that together in a million years. You thought it was a boner joke. Yeah. Can, can I point out something about the beginning of the movie? Yeah. I was ready to treat this with an open mind. And the first words that come out of anybody's mouth in the movie are a lie. Which was what? The first words in the movie are this. It's been said that according to Greek mythology, humans were originally created with four arms, four legs, and a head with two faces. But fearing their power, Zeus split them into two parts, condemning humans to spending the rest of their lives searching for their other half, their souls equal. And if that's true, then Zeus is an asshole. (laughs) Amusing, right? I guess. But that's not true. It's a lie right out of the gate. Uh, Greek, Greek mythology, the, the way the humans were created is that Prometheus sculpted people out of mud and Athena breathed life into the clay. Oh! The writers of the movie knew this because this creation of love myth about the people being split in two, that's not Greek mythology. That's from Plato's Symposium in an imagined drunken monologue that Aristophanes might have said. It's just a joke. It's not part of mythology. And the writers of the movie had to know it, but to make things easier, they just lied to us. Oh, my God. You know what? I'm so glad I didn't realize this when I was watching it because this would have bugged the shit out of me. (laughs) Nothing upsets me more than Greek mythology 
being mythologized. Oh my God, that is so infuriating. I'm, you should see me right now. My head is, my head is like a tea kettle right now. Uh, yeah, just woo. Well, I do think, I do think that the glib retorts, I have a theory that, that, there was a promotional deal on them from the wisecracking best friend sidekick whose life we don't really care about who encourages the main character woman to go on date store. When you order a wisecracking best friend sidekick whose life we don't really care about who encourages the main character woman to go on dates from the wisecracking best friend sidekick whose life we don't really care about who encourages the main character to go on date store, you get our free gift of 25, 25 glib retorts. Order now <laughs> and use our code. <laughs> they had a lot of that. I mean, let, let's face it, the wisecracking uh, best friend who only exists to tell the uh, main character to go on dates was only one of the cliches. Everything was there. Yeah. Every single by the numbers moment. And there's a, a scene when she meets the guy. All right, so she flies to Lake Placid, you know, takes a Uber from the airport, goes to the guy's house. He doesn't know she's coming. It's supposed to be a surprise. They had talked on the phone. No, they had texted one another. And she said something about, you know, oh, he said, I guess, I wish you could be with me for Christmas. So she decides to surprise him. She goes into this house. Um, his mother is Caucasian, but his his father is Asian and the grandmother is Asian. And she goes in and she meets them before she meets him. Uh, right. But she's very confused, of course. And uh, at some point, the grandmother says penis. As I recall, I can't remember what she was saying, but there's some reason why she just sort of blurted out penis. And, you know, the older woman saying penis joke. Really? Have we ever seen that before? No, first time, I think. Oh, boy. Yeah. Penis. Oh, my God. And it was an older Asian woman, and she said, penis. Can you believe it? <laughs> Wouldn't you have loved to be in the writer's room when they came up with that? She, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Everybody, wait. I have an idea. She'll say penis. Oh, my God. Whoa. <laughs> Yeah, And then uh, the guy appears, Josh, who's uh, played by Jimmy O. Yang. The guy who plays Josh is the only thing I liked about this movie. I'm sure that he's very talented, and it would have been lovely for them to use some of that talent in this film. <laughs> you know what it really brought up for me, Paula, is... It brought up bile. Is that correct? Yes. <laughs> it brought up bile. It was very sicky sweet. And by the way, the family loves Christmas. That was like a thing. That that has to be in all these Christmas movies. The family really loves Christmas. And so the house is decorated to the nines. There's lights up everywhere. It's all very beautiful. There's there's a focus on Christmas in the background of the whole thing. Yeah, they go out caroling together. And you know what? It, there's there's no insight that the characters have in this movie that aren't things that people have talked about a thousand times. It really reads like a laundry list of like, what do people want to hear about? Well, they want to hear that Die Hard is a Christmas movie. They want to hear that Baby It's Cold Outside is kind of rapey nowadays. You know, there's no new stuff here. No, it's like one of those pr like team projects where you're given several unrelated items and you're supposed to make something with it. You know, like, for example, there was Christmas, that song. They used some contemporary terms like ghosting and catfished. 
Have the older Asian woman say penis? That's a, oh my gosh, how are you going to use that? There was like a mad, mad libs quality to it. You know, give me an unusual activity for a man. Candle making. So Josh, when she goes down into his room where he lives in his parents' house, it turns out he makes candles down there, but he's been very secretive about it. Uh, because apparently he burned down the last house they lived in. And so he didn't want anyone to know that he made candles. No, he said he didn't want anybody to know because his father and his brother would make fun of him about it. And the other thing is that Josh, he's not only a candle maker, but he has this idea that men would like candles too and that, you know, we're losing out on 50% of the candle buying market. So he makes candles that ha- that are scented for men. He's not necessarily a business genius, this Josh. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Well, in the end, uh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. So he has, he made one that smells like his grandpa. Yeah, and in the end, his dad smells that and and appreciates that Josh managed to make a candle that smells like his grandpa. <laughs> yeah, it smelled like, what was it? What were the things, the scents in it? Was Ben Gay? I can't, what were the, all the, the ingredients that made it remember. smell I like was, his grandpa i was actually at the doctor at that point because I, my eyes had rolled so far back in my head that they got stuck <laughs> <laughs> and uh so they had i had to use this suction device at the doctors i i told i told my wife and, and daughter to just keep the movie rolling and i got i got back uh, right after that scene oh yeah so you didn't see where he showed the other scene the, there was the grandpa uh candle it smelled it smelled vaguely of urine uh, yeah. uh, there was the <laughs> there was the, the gym candle. Uh, yeah. It smelled, you know, like sweaty guys. There was the guys, gas yeah. station bathroom candle. That's going to go like hotcakes. And then there's uh, the vagina candle that, let's face it, will be the only one that sells. <laughs> right. That was first marketed by uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's going to, yeah, he's going to go into business with the goop woman. Um <laughs> Um, the, the other thing they did was, okay, so he's trying to pair her up with this guy that he, he used the photos of a friend of his who he thought was this really good looking popular guy. He used his photos. So she really wants to go out with that guy. So Josh agrees to hook her up with that guy. So they go someplace, they meet that guy and they decide to go on a date together. And the date is going to be rock climbing. Which is funny because she doesn't know how to do it. She doesn't know it. But, you know, when you see her and they try to make the rock climbing look romantic, it was sort of like how uh, Ghost tried to make the pottery uh, uh, romantic. Uh, I'm not sure that it did. But when she starts her rock climbing, of course, she's all scared. And they're just using, like, an indoor wall. They're not outside anymore. So she starts the climb. And, by the way, it's so clear that this actress really is a rock climber. So the 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 tag guy, the guy that she thinks is attractive, he's already climbed up. And now Josh is coaching her. She's like, I'm scared, I'm scared, I can't do it, I can't do it. And Josh is like, yes, you can, yes, you can. And he tells her some tip, I forget what it was, something stupid. And, you know, something like, be there. And uh, so she begins this climb and she gets to the top. And so uh, she's up top, and now she realizes she can't rappel down. She's too scared to come down. Now, the tag guy's already come down, so uh, Josh quickly climbs up 
the, the, the rock face, uh, the indoor wall climbing rock face, he gets up there and he's like, she's like, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't go down. I can't go down. And he goes, yes, you can. And then he goes, close your eyes. Do you trust me? And then they argue over whether she trusts him. And he pushes her backwards off the wall. And she falls down the rope and, and she lands. But you know what? Who was belaying her? Well, somebody was. Nobody was. No, he just pushed her off the wall. <laughs> well, it's not a, yeah. It was very dangerous. That would be like if Demi Moore smushed Patrick Swayze's head into the potter's wheel. That That's dangerous. That's not romantic. That's dangerous. Uh, no, she definitely had rock climbing experience. That was one of the things about it. You don't have the sense that any of these characters were coming from somewhere when they came into the room. No. So they're like, oh, well, we'll have, we'll have her be scared of rock climbing. But she wasn't scared of rock. It was, it, it was. And you think that guy's talented? Yeah. Yeah, I think he's very talented. But everyone should watch it. There's no question they should watch it. All right. Oh, so yeah. then the older brother does this uh, very enthusiastic Christmas caroling. And, and the people that they're caroling for are so excited. And so then this is when Josh says, oh, we'll do this other song. And they sing this oddly modified version of um, Baby It's Cold Outside. Yeah. And they modified it. So it was Baby It's 70 Outside. Uh, so it wasn't, it just didn't have any of the <laughs> charm of, say, what's in this drink, juice? It just, I don't know. I like the original better. Honestly, I do. Um, so the the big brother announces that he, him and his wife, they're pregnant the wife right. is pregnant, and so Josh, trying to one-up the brother, announces that he and, and what Natalie are engaged. He, ask, he asks her to marry him. Although I only saw the beginning of the proposal, because at that point, oh. I, um, I, I took out a gun and shot myself in the head. Um, so oh I my to go gosh, to I room. saw those police yeah. lights over near your yeah. house that night. Is that what that was for? It was a it was a rough night of watching romantic comedy at my home. Um, but yeah. yeah no, but I, I got better. I I mostly missed. Okay, so he proposes, right? So now the Natalie girl's very upset. She says, you know, this wasn't supposed to be a part of it. I was just supposed to be your girlfriend until after Christmas. And now the tag guy that she likes, he's going to find out. And they say, oh, no, 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 he won't find out. Uh, and then the next day it turns out that they've put a picture of the proposal in the newspaper. And so they have to go steal all the newspapers so that nobody can find out about it. It's very exciting. They, they kind of fall in love stealing those newspapers. You, you really got to admit, that's, that's the scene where they fall in love. Yeah, that's when it happens. They lean close to each other while they're hiding from the paper boy. And uh, did they kiss Adam? Uh, at that point, I was punching myself repeatedly in the scrotum, just ashamed of any ideas of romance I ever had. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and that can be a distraction from a film like this. It was. I had I had to, I had to go to the uh, urgent care clinic. Actually, yeah. That, and the thing is, with so the film this clever, you really can't afford to miss a scene because you don't yeah, you know. Really can't. You don't know <laughs> what's going to happen next. It really could be anything. So they steal the papers and then there's an engagement party. And of course, Josh is at the engagement party. Um, uh Oh, and of course, tag is there, too. Um, it's a surprise engagement party by the family. And then we're supposed to believe that her editor likes her enough to travel from California to Lake Placid at Christmas time. Yeah. He's there too. He shows up. Yeah, it's the big party scene. And of course, they're trying to keep this lie spinning. 
God, Trump must have been riveted to this film. They're trying to keep this lie spinning. Um, it's it's not the big lie, but <laughs> it's the it's the lie, Junior. And she decides to tell the truth. So she goes up on a balcony in this restaurant, and she announces that it's all been a lie. Yeah, I missed the end, the second half of that speech because to, in order to get out of that scene, I called the FBI and gave him an anonymous tip that I was a terrorist. So, um, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I was taken yeah. Out. Yeah. That's funny. That's funny because the FBI had called over here, and oh, yeah. uh, they were asking me a lot of questions about you. And I thought, what? What the fuck is this? Yeah, but you got to understand, Paula. I'm sorry for the inconvenience, but it was either that or watch the rest of the heroine confesses that it was all a big lie scene. No, I think I, I think you made the right choice. Thank you. I definitely, <laughs> I definitely think you made the right choice. I mean, I had popcorn. I was really in a movie watching. I wanted content. <laughs> I, I wanted to watch uh, something on a screen that night, you know. And so I, you know, I had my popcorn. I had my uh, sweatpants on. I, uh, yeah. I, I was in the hotel room and I called a cab. And I had okay. the cab take me to a gas station. And I just watched gas station TV instead. For an hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because, you know, I, I really wanted to watch something. But this was, this was yeah. agony. So, uh, you know, then there's the disappointment. The family's so disappointed. Josh is now brokenhearted because he had, you know, fallen in love with her. And now she goes to a, a hotel a little bit later. Josh is in the house and maybe the doorbell rings and he answers the door at his family's house. And there's Natalie and she's standing on the walkway. And I think it's probably snowing and she's amidst the, the lights and the nativity and the tin soldiers. And Natalie Wood was there. She was. Yeah, no, she was. And, and Bing Crosby and <laughs> Rosemary Clooney and, Macaulay Culkin shows it couldn't be more beautiful. Uh, Catherine O'Hare comes by. Uh, it's uh, Jimmy Stewart. There's oh my god, it was beautiful. Uh, he opens the door and there's Natalie, and she has for no good reason she has this big huge stack of cardboard in her hands, and on every piece of cardboard she's written some words. You know, can you forgive me? It turns out it was you. It turns out instead of being with the guy that's really good looking, I wanted you. Uh, and then each piece of cardboard she throws it aside and throws it aside and throws it aside. And, and it's a whole fucking book in cardboard. Uh, it's it, uh. <laughs> Tony, can you tell Paula why that's so adorable and awesome? Because it's a reference to Love Actually. It's not just a reference to Love Actually. It's literally <laughs> it, the climax of one of the stories yeah. in Love Actually. Yeah, okay, and, yes. oh. and it brings oh. up the question, like, when are you doing homage to a movie that you've already talked about in a movie? And when are you just fucking stealing because you don't have any ideas? Well, you know what they should have done? She rings the doorbell and he comes out. And it's a big surprise that she's standing there. She should have been in an elevator. And when the elevator doors opened, she should have been riddled with bullets. <laughs> that would have made me happy. Yeah, that's an homage to Die Hard. <laughs> it just went on and on. And then she's like, turns out I want the guy that I stole newspapers with or 
some yeah. such thing. Yeah. They're never, you know what? You know, sometimes when you see a movie and you picture the couple together, it's such a happy thought. These guys aren't going to stay together. First of all, they don't communicate very well. They both lie a lot. And they can't just speak. Everything has to be written down on cardboard. Like, I couldn't figure out where the fuck she got all that cardboard to begin with. She was in a hotel. Sometimes I can't get Kleenex in a hotel, for Christ's sakes. Sometimes I've run out of toilet paper in a hotel. She's got, like, all this cardboard. You're, you're right. She had an she had an uncommon amount of cardboard, and and then the movie ends. Uh, you know, I was I was grateful that they didn't do some of the other obligatory romantic comedy things. Like I was grateful that she didn't get on the plane, and then he burst onto the plane and proposed to her. They didn't do that. Oh part. yeah. You know, and then everybody on the plane applauds, and he carries her off or something like that. Uh, at least they left that one out. I want to say this to you, Adam. I really should go. Uh, Paula, <laughs> it's cold outside. My dog is named Mo. Maybe you should just go home. I'd like to have one more drink. <laughs> it's really late. I'm married and it's Christmas Eve. What is that candle? Gee, it stinks. <laughs> that's actually my grandpa. <laughs> um, Jesus, right. that's uh, gross. <laughs> he died in the war. <laughs> All right. I can um, smell a little pee. <laughs> well, that's a, there's a little bit more. Could you hold your urine just for me? <laughs> <laughs> that what we just did that was more witty than anything in that movie. Penis, penis. <laughs> How old is your daughter now? Nine years old. Did she? Fold up with laughter when the older Asian woman said penis? I am proud to say she did not. In fact, when it was over, I asked her um, what she thought of it, and I, I wrote down her response. She said, I hated it. But that's good, though, because now if she ever does anything wrong, you say, you go to your room right now and watch Love Hard, so you've got that. Well, anyways, you guys, so penis! <laughs> Funny because she's old and Asian, and she said penis. Oh my penis. god! Well, you know what? You know what, Paula? This is not the segment where we tell our listeners whether they should view it or not. So let me throw to that. Um, coming up, you've heard our review, but can you guess whether or not we're going to recommend Love Hard for your family holiday viewing? Maybe <laughs> we'll fight our way onto your departing airplane to let you know how we really feel when we come back. Cat of the Week is Pequod from Newbury, Ohio. I really can't stay. Fun fact, scientists recently discovered a new species of ant that is indigenous only to Manhattan. The current theory is the other ants just can't afford the rent. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. 
Thank you, Kevin Kelso on the keys and Paula Poundstone. It's time for that really exciting part of the show where we tell people our recommendations based on our viewing of Love Hard. Once again, that's Love Hard, everybody. If you want to see this, it is now streaming on Netflix. So we're going to tell people whether they should watch Love Hard that's streaming on Netflix? That's what we're telling them. We're telling them whether or not they should screen this movie that we've just spent 45 minutes just eviscerating. I thought it was great. Go ahead. Watch it. Me too. I think it's a feel-good holiday <laughs> rom-com of the year. <laughs> Check it out. Two thumbs up. It's a recycler's delight. <laughs> okay, here's the thing. Get your goddamn vaccination because you don't want to be stuck in bed and watching this thing. Right? Yeah, what it, if you know, what if you'd run out of stuff to watch and you're like, okay, now there's okay, this it, the only thing that can make COVID worse. <laughs> I don't know. They you might if you get COVID, you might enjoy this because I'm told that one of the side effects of COVID is losing your sense of taste. Oh <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Adam. Adam, yeah. answer what? the phone. Oh, Paula, for God's sakes, it's Christmas. Can't I just ignore one call? Adam, answer the phone. <laughs> Paula. Hello. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell rock. <laughs> I gave you a crock pot and you never gave it back. I gave you a weather witty so you could know if it rains. And you just give my heart pains. <laughs> Giddy up, your show sucks when Paula Poundstone is on. I wish she was gone today. You and me could mix and mingle with a jingling feet. No? Well, guess what? My mother wants a crock. My mother wants a crock. My mother wants a crock pot back. Winnie? <laughs> Winnie? Did she get... I think she hung up again. <laughs> wow. Um, she's getting a little aggressive <laughs> with her remonstrations, don't you think? She loves you hard. Yeah, yes, she does. <laughs> And speaking of love hard, that, ladies and gentlemen, is our review of the Netflix streaming rom-com Love Hard. Paula, what is going on in your Poundstone product empire this week? Adam, at this wonderful time of the year, we at Poundstone Industries, also known as Lipstick Nancy Incorporated, are just grateful for our customers, for our employees, and for all that we have. We've let our employees go home and be with their families for the holidays. No, you didn't. We're here. So you know what, listeners? You don't need to buy anything from the shop at paulapoundstone.com. Go over there and watch a couple of comedy videos if you feel like it. But you don't need to buy anything at all. That's some bullshit. Then why are we here working? Merry Christmas, Heidi. <laughs> and Merry Christmas, Heidi. And Heidi, I really hope that you're enjoying... Confessions of a Puppet Master this Christmas. <laughs> no, one of your friends gave it to you. It's the new book by Charles Band and uh, Adam Felber, and it is a hoot. All right, everybody, subscribe to this podcast. It's free, and we'll be right back in the new year, I promise. You'll get this every week at no charge. And if there's a topic or subject you want to know more about, tell us at nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com. And that is our show. Nobody listens to Paula Poundstone is hosted by Paula Poundstone and yours truly. Adam, the Christmas Felber. Special thanks to our house band, Kevin Kelso. Woo! Yay! 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 
Our show is produced by Paula Poundstone, Adam Felber, Bonnie Burns, Ked Lezebnik, and Tony Anita Hull. Starburns production by Land Romo. Poundstone Industries production by Vic Lowry. Thanks to the voice talent of Paul Matlock. Transcription services for the show provided by Transcribe Me, a premier internationally used transcription service. Use code Paula Poundstone when placing your order at transcribeme.com to receive an expedited service. That's our show for tonight. Won't somebody please listen to me? I really can't stay. I really gotta get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Maybe you should just go. I don't want anything that you have. You know, Adam, people don't have to buy anything from hollowpoundstone.com. I mean, I feel like everybody's saying, buy this, buy this, get this. You got to take, you got to spend money on this. You got to do that. But he, you know what? It would be. I think the least they could do is go on that Apple thing and give us a five-star review. Don't you? Yeah, well, I think that's the least they could do. I, it's the least they could do. I don't think they have to go to paulapoundstone.com and buy stuff either. I don't. No. I, I think you're right. I they think don't. in the spirit of the season, let's just ask them not to buy stuff from paulapoundstone.com. Don't do it. And instead pick up a copy of Confessions of a Puppet Master. Fuck you, that wasn't my point. <laughs> <laughs> Merry fucking Christmas, Adam. Starbucks, a, podca- <clears throat> a podcast network.